Hello and welcome to Minyip, your fantasy sports community. My name is Blake, coach of Youngies Yaks, and I'm joined by Clinton. Coach of Dash's Dogs. Good to have you here, Clinton. We're trialling a new format tonight with um, different software programs, so we'll see how it goes. But we're talking AFL Fantasy Round 3 preview show, so very excited. AFL Fantasy is going very well for me so far and you as well. So, um, yeah, look forward to talking AFL Fantasy with you, Clinton. I'm looking forward to it too, Blake. Um, We're both off to a good start and we even scored exactly the same on the weekend, despite having very different teams. So, no, going well. No, absolutely. Um, If you are watching us for the first time, make sure you check out our Patreon page. So the link's on your show notes, whether you're listening to us on podcast or on your screen there for the YouTube channel. Um, So check out our Patreon page and you can also hit us up on our Twitter, Instagram, or even our TikTok as well, Clinton. Um, one of your favourites, TikTok. Um, have you still yeah. been posting on TikTok, have you? Uh, might have posted our round one teams, I think. But, um, yeah, just the occasional posting on TikTok. Okay. Um, yeah, I've been out. missing it. I've, um, I've been checking TikTok every day, actually. and yeah. Just waiting by the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so check us out on socials and we, um, engage as well in our community. So in the post on there. Uh Let's get into the show, Clinton. So like you just mentioned, uh, we scored exactly the same, 2185. Um, so very happy with that. I moved up the rankings to be 2,957. Um, so probably one of my best starts I've had in AFL Fantasy, I'd say, after round two. But as we both know, it can it can go either way from here. We can um, – <laughs> it can – quite quickly drop off. So like you said, Clinton, we scored exactly the same. Um, how did you think your round two went? Yeah, reasonably happy. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to recapping the trades because I don't think I actually traded well, but yeah, scored 2185. Uh, my rank is now 6991. Um, feel as I've got all the relevant rookies and now it's all about trading smartly and um, yeah, just catching all those um, price rises of the probably the mid prices. I'm probably missing a couple of them. So yeah, looking forward to delving um, into those names and seeing which way I could. Uh, everyone else, for that matter, yeah, don't, don't not just worry about my team, but yeah, looking forward to hopefully making some smart trades. Yeah, that's what we're here for, Clinton. It's helping our community. Um, so. <laughs> We'd like it if you commented wherever you see the show on um, Twitter or YouTube, if you comment what trades you're doing for the upcoming rounds or what your thoughts are on our on our trades even. Um, what trades did you do going into round two there, Clinton? I got rid of McInerney from the Swans, who was obviously injured. I brought in Sin from Port Adelaide. I was tossing up between him and Skinner. I paid up a little bit more for Sin. He didn't score overly well. He ended up scoring just the 36. So I'm hopeful that he can stay in the Port Adelaide team. I'm not sure if he will, but if he doesn't, I'll potentially trade him straight away. But um, he scored 36. My other trade, I traded out Jai Newcomb and I went for a risky pick. 
I got in Luke McDonald. So he's obviously just a midfielder at the moment. Um, you've scored well in round one. He was up against West Coast. I thought he was going to have a big day, and he didn't. He only scored 66. So I'm hoping he can rebound, and I still think he could be a one of my crafty moves that turns out to be a good selection. And because after four more rounds, he'll swing to my defense. I'm just hopeful that that move doesn't backfire because I did pay six. Uh, what did I pay for him? I'm not sure. Up towards 500K, high 500K for him. And yeah, he, he's gone up in price since, but he only scored 66. So those are my two moves. And on face value right now, they've both failed, but maybe in a month's time, that may not be the case. Yeah, well, you had to get rid of McInerney for Sydney. He's going to be out for a while, I think. Um, so it was a forced trade there. Yeah, but we'll see how it pays off for you in the long run. My trades, um, I traded out from my round one team, I traded out Jordan Ridley, um, who scored 59 in round one, and then backed it up with a 72. I traded him out for George Hewitt after... <laughs> After all my talk about not having George Hewitt round round one, I brought him in who scored 85. So 13-point differential turnaround there. And my other trade that I did, gee, it's tough to look back against it now. I really tried to attack the oh, – I had to trade out Dusty. That was my other force trade after he was um, out for round two. And I brought in Josh Dunkley for Western Bulldogs. He – he was my vice captain. Um, so I vice captain him, and once he scored 112, I locked him in as my captain. Um, so I was quite happy with that turnaround, even though one of my other captain options in Petrarca or Neil would have scored higher, I was still happy to lock in that 112. Who did you captain in round two, Clint? I had the VC on McRae. He only scored 103, so I was happy to... Bypassed that, and my boy, Took, Took stepped up, 147 he scored. Um, yeah, so he may be my permanent captain for a while. Um, obviously, I have the luxury of having a VC look this week at the last McRae again, but, gee, my boy, Took, um, yeah, I'm very happy I started with him, and yeah, I think he's just outstanding captaincy option going forward. Yep, let's uh, go into hits and misses, Clinton. Your one of your favourite segments. So your yep. three hits and misses for uh, for uh, for round two. I can't wait to get this segment. This is all. This is my favourite <laughs> stuff. Apparently, um, my, yeah, what would you like me to start with? Give me your first. Your three hits. My three hits. Well, I already mentioned two captain, one hundred forty-seven. I've got to give my next hit to. I'm not sure if you have. Did you, did you say you have Lockie Neal? I do have Lockie Neal in fantasy. Yeah, Lockie, Lockie Neal, yep. 145. Um, yeah, there's, Lockie Neal's only owned by 41% in AFL fantasy. So I thought that would be higher. So it's, It might have gone up since round two. Yeah, potentially. Um, my third biggest hit. And I was a bit annoyed after his round one performance. But it has, I've got to give a shout-out to Rioli. Daniel Rioli scored, he scored? 100, 
101 points. So he was, uh, I thought he was potentially a failed pick after round one, and I was tempted to trade him, but I thought I'd back him in at his price. If he had been $100,000 more expensive, I probably would have traded him, but because it was so cheap, I I stood by him for one more week, and it's paid off. 101 he scored. That's it, Clinton. We hold on to our premiums on this show. Um, <laughs> Dan Rioli premium, is he? Uh, he might be for you. Yeah. Um, oh, is that right? <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we back our boys in on this show. Um, for me, my three hits, there's plenty to choose from here. It was quite oh, a successful is. round. Yeah, I was yeah, quite happy with it. Um, Christian Petrarca, people were scrambling to get him into that side he scored 136 uh so happy to have him locking the as you mentioned and another person who had a poor round one but bounced back for me was jack crisp so i was he scored 126 for me crispy crispy well well said yeah. blake um yeah very good well done you yeah, have to get negative honorable, no a few honorable mentions oh here he is james james short 131 Zach Merritt, 111. Zach Bowers, 137. Will Brody, oh. 109. That, Humble brag. Yeah. Humble brag time. All right. A few honourable mentions there. Okay. We have to, we may have to just to really respect make it to my boys. Very strict next week that we're only having three for you. Um, okay, negative time. My first miss. Matty Rao scored 46. Obviously disappointing. With AFL Fantasy, I'm not sure if that means he's a potential trade-out option. I'm not sure. He's, um, I think he's still cheap enough that he should keep. If he, Once again, similar to Rioli last week, if he was maybe $100,000, $150,000 more expensive, I think I'd trade him. But because he's still only right now 529 I think I have to keep him for another week. But yeah, we'll get to our trades later. My next miss, I have to give it to Luke McDonald. I mean, I brought him in um, and very unique option. And I think he's got good potential. It's just disappointing that I didn't see any of the game. Um, I thought Kangaroos would dominate and I thought he would get a lot of the ball. So for him to score 66, disappointing. I'm hoping he rebounds and repays the faith that I had in him to pick him in. Um, My third selection... And this one's gone under the radar a little bit because everyone's frustrated with Max Gorn. But I'm sort of hearing a lot of that and I'm standing by Max. I'm hoping, I'm confident he'll score well versus the Bombers this week. So instead of giving him the negative three or the uh, clock in the traders, instead of him giving giving him the big miss, Brody Grundy only scored 82. And I think that is gone under the radar that, he only scored three more points than Gorn, and yet everyone's piling into Max Gorn. Brody Grundy only scored 82. So that's a disappointing score for what everyone paid for him. So instead of giving it to Max, I thought I'd give it to Brody Grundy. Gee, it's a bit, a bit stiff there, Brody, your old, uh, your old teammate. <laughs> yeah, very disappointing to hear giving him the, the negative three there. Uh, for mine, I've got to have Rail as well. Um, negative one, negative one. Yeah, R- Rowley, 
That's very disappointing after what he did in round one. Um, Rowan Marshall, uh, big St. Kilda Ruckman, only scored 64. So the Ruckman aren't going too well for us at the moment. Um, but 64 is better, definitely worse than 82. Um, so he probably deserves a bit of a whack there. And my other one that I had, which was probably expected that he would score low, was Jack Hayes to St Kilda again. So Ooh. there's two St Kilda Ruckman. Uh, That's ruthless. On am I waxed? Second game, I scored 61. And he's... Yeah, not good enough. Oh, my goodness. He's rookie priced. He scored 61. Yeah. Oh, From my end, I should, have, I should have structured it better and had Nash, Nash on the field for him for West Coast. Um, that cost me about 31 points. Um, but, yeah, my, I'm pretty happy with how my team's going. So even the rookies are, Clearly. Rookies are copying a whack. Clearly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What's next, Blake? Uh Next, we will just uh, talk through some players, Clinton, and you touched on it already, but um, just some players for the fantasy format of what you're planning to do with them um, and your opinions of whether we hold or trade them um, with players going down with injuries, there'll be forced trades. For example, I've got Zach Merritt, who's got a syndesmosis, Clinton, six to eight weeks, they're saying, so he'll be out for a while. Um, yeah. But players that aren't injured um, but are scoring, scoring poorly, what do we do with these players, Clinton, in, in the fantasy format where they're dropping and going up in price every week? Um, are you more likely to trade out these premiums so that they're not going down by too much? It's a very good question. Um I've got two main guys I want to mention in this category. Uh, first one's Max Gorn, obviously going down in price. Um, for me, he's playing Essen this week. And I, I think that it'd be – and <laughs> funny, is it, Blake? Um, I think he'd somewhat know that he's had a poor start to the year. Playing Essen Friday night – um, I'm expecting a big game. And a lot of people are trading him out um, because he's going down in price. But I think he's he's got a big score in him this week. And then the other factor is a lot of, from what I'm seeing, is a lot of people are trading out Max Gorn to bring in Tim English, um, who in terms of the money value, I'd understand it if English was a lot cheaper. But for, as it stands, there's not a huge, I don't think a huge amount of price gain from that move. And then there's the other situations. I haven't checked the teams, but Steph Martin isn't picked for this week, is he? So he's not playing this week. So he's that's out the, with COVID, I believe. Is that Steph? Yeah, Steph's out. And um, the other, Jordan Sweet's the emergency. I believe Steph's out for COVID. Okay. Reasons. Well, that's, yeah. Well, that's my chance. I'm, a lot of people, yeah, I think it's still a matter of time when Steph Martin's fit and healthy that he comes into the team. Um, so long story short, I'm holding Gorn. Um, the next play is Lockie Whitfield. Um, 
And despite him scoring, I think it was 88, um, he hasn't been great form the first two weeks. He's going down in money. Um, he's a bit different to Max, I think, in fantasy. Like he's still, as I said, he scored 88, but I think there's alarm bells with how he's been playing. And I think I've got more confidence in Max Gorn playing well this week than Lockie Whitfield. And uh, with Lockie Whitfield's money, that really opens up the doors for trades for me. So, yeah, I think I think purely because of the um, just eye test, eye test on Whitfield compared to Gorn, yeah, Max hasn't played well, but I've got confidence he'll bounce back this week. I'm not as confident with Whitfield, so I'm leaning towards trading Whitfield despite him scoring pretty well on the weekend. So that's my thoughts, Blake. Interesting statement. You're talking about eye test on Whitfield. You didn't watch Why the GWS game, did you? No, I saw the second half. I saw oh, the I second half. So, like, I... He, he I looked better that. in the second half than what he did in the first. Well, there you go. And that's that's saying something because I didn't see the first half. So <laughs> Yeah. But don't try and uh, pick holes in my story, Blake. But he... Uh, <laughs> From what I from what I saw, there's alarm bells, and I'm sticking by it. Yeah, for me, I'll have to hold Whitfield due to my forced trades. But um, if I had no nothing else to do, he'd probably be on my first to go. With fantasy this year, I really want to attack my trades um, and trade out these underperforming plays if I can. But my first priority. Um, is to have these rookies that are on the bubble. So the players that are um, either playing their first game or they're returning from COVID like Nick Martin, I want to really have these still these cash-generating players. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be just side-swapping my premiums to start the season. So that's for me, that's my first priority. If you you had the luxury, Clinton, um, would you be trying to get in those side swap the premiums or get the rookies if you didn't have them? Rookies, as you said, Blake, it's great advice. That's first priority. Ideally, also getting 30 green dots. So you don't want to have too many players not playing on the bench. Um, So we'll get to our trades later, but my trades will depend on selection. Obviously, it does every single week. And potentially, if I have a couple of players that don't come back into the team, or, for example, with Sin, if he doesn't get picked, that's my first priority. If Sin plays, if Dixon comes back into the team, I think I've, that gives me a bit more, um, bit more uh, what's leverage to make sure I can um, then attack those other trades. So I think, um, yeah, great advice, Blake. And, yeah, there's yeah. Lo- lots of those names we've mentioned um, you need to have. And Nick Martin's obviously right up there. Um, yeah, you can, you can mention all those rookies that we all know about. That's your first priority. Make sure you have all of them. If you did, if Dixon doesn't come back this week, would you be trading Dixon first if you could afford to swap him out or Whitfield? It's um, a good question, but probably Dixon. I think um, I don't have huge confidence that Whitfield will go large, but if he can get another 90... I'd rather still have that than 
having no cash generation from Dixon and then getting stuck on my bench with a donut. So, um, yeah, that's the way I'm looking at it. Out of the – that was a good discussion there, Clinton. Out of the players that are performing very well at the moment, who who's the highest priority for you at the moment? Who's the, the one who's really standing out as a player that you need to get in your side if you haven't got them already or you think – suggest to our community that they should be getting in as number one priority as a high-scoring player? Um, I've got a list of guys who have very low break-evens, which um, I'm very much eyeing off. But then as in terms of your question, um, there's a few premiums or up towards that mark that I'm eyeing off. And they include Brayshaw, for obvious reasons, Petrarca, Cripps I don't have, um, and the other one is Green for GWS. And I think his role will continue to stay in the midfield and um, at his price. Um, I think there's a fair bit of confidence that he's playing well. And, yeah, but the main two, um, if I was tossing up the names I just mentioned, Petrarca's probably number one. Um, I think the Brayshaw tag will be coming very soon maybe as soon as this week, whereas Petrarca, I see, is completely unstoppable. And Cripps' borderline is very similar, but the question is how long he can sustain this form. So Petrarca would be top of my list, then probably Cripps right now, then potentially Brayshaw. One thing I'm tackling at the moment, Clinton, is whether I upgrade to that slightly more expensive player like your Brayshaw or Petrarca, or going a player a bit lower in value but scoring pretty well at the moment, like Chris Cripps or Green. So they're averaging 117, whereas Petrarca's 139 and Brayshaw's 150 after the first two rounds, but they're way more expensive. How do you find that balance of trying to get those extra points or trying to find the value early in the season? I think if you're paying up for the likes of Brayshaw and Petrarca. You need to make sure you're super confident that they can score high all season long. Um, and those potential tag games don't occur. Whereas someone like Cripps, he could potentially, if he continues his form for a month, he's a better option. So, and then you can always then potentially side sideways him for some, anyone anyone else whereas if you're paying up, up that much for a, a premium you need to be super confident they can sustain that all year all season long so I, I have my element of doubt about Brayshaw that the tags are coming and he won't be scoring clearly not as much as as what he has in the first two weeks but um yeah I just have those that small doubt about the likes of Brayshaw yeah, probably just because he's their main man at the moment with Fife being out for at least another month after having surgery again. Whereas Petrarca, he, even if he is getting tagged, he could still break through it. But they've also got Oliver there who's racking up the disposals at each and every game as well, which I believe Raul went to Oliver over the weekend. Is that right? Um, yeah, sat on him. I think he mixed between. I'm not sure if, once again, I, I was probably watching the other game cl more closely. I had both games on, but um, yeah, whether 
whether it was more Olive or Petrarca, it was definitely more defensive minded. Yeah. Yeah. And for Crips as well, the good thing about fantasy in comparison to super coaches, you get the two trades every week. So um, if, if they have a slightly slight risk with injury, like Crips has been over the previous seasons, if he does pick up that injury, you should have the two trades there um, to use if that does occur. So you could take a, a risk in fantasy more so than what you can do in Supercoach, I think. Yeah, so in terms of the break-evens, I've got a list of guys that I'm looking at who aren't necessarily, obviously, premium options, but um, there's a few names I'd like to discuss with you, Blake. Um, yeah. Bowie, Bowie's the first one. Um, he scored really well on the weekend. His break-even is one. Um, he's 420k defender and um, the big question for me is there's two different ways you can look at it and his big score from the weekend you can you might say is just a bit, bit of a one-off and um, he plays I think Goodwin came out and said he played the same role as he did in round one it's just it's just one of those games or you could look at it that he relished the opportunity to get involved more with um, Salem out. And now that he's got that confidence and belief, he could sustain that form. So there's two different ways you could look at it. And I think he's definitely, you want to be sure that he's going to continue this, I guess, level of confidence really. And I've got faith in it. So um, yeah, I'm hearing people sort of mix opinions about it, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that, um, with his, what's he playing? His tenth or eleventh game of AFL footy, and he's only going to yeah, get more conf- co- confidence from it. So, I think he's a good option. So that's Bowie, Nash. You mentioned he's got a break even two. Um, the question is, is how long will he stay in the West Coast team? Um, McDonald from the Hawks, he's got a break even of four. Charlie Curnow's got a break even of thirteen. So poor round one, really good round two. How consistent or he's only, he only his price is only 376. So he played really well last week. If he can hold this form for a while, I think he's a solid option. Another interesting one is Lloyd Meek. Depending on Sean Darcy, if he's potentially out for a while, I'm not sure I'm not sure if that news has come out, but he's got a break even of 24. He's only 384k. Um yeah, so there's Meek and there's also Pruce, who's likely to come back this week. Um, he's 367K. All will depend if if he's one out or not. Um, that's the big question with the GWS Rucks. Um, one more name for you before I'll let you speak. Um, Jack Sinclair at the Saints. Um, bit of a role change compared to previous seasons. Playing a bit more midfield, he scored well the first two weeks. His break even is only sixty eight. Um, price, yeah, price is seven ten. I think he's a potentially good option as someone a bit unique. What do you think of all those names, Blake? Yeah, definitely some interesting names there, Clinton. For me, it depends on how your team structured up and what areas you need improving in. For for my defenders, I don't really have the spot for Bowie at the moment. They're sort of awkward prices to go up to. If you're looking at Bowie's 420k, yeah, they're dropping down from a 
sort of a mid-pricer that's failed or a, even a fallen. No, no chance of trading Whitfield at Bowie. Um, speak, speak for yourself. I am speaking for myself, and there's no chance of it going Whitfield to Bowie. Um, yeah, you're, you're trading down from a fallen premium or a, a mid-pricer who's failed, or you're trying to go up from a, a rookie price. And for me, I don't want to be trading out any of those, the likes of Whitfield at the moment. That's just how my team's structured. But, yeah, it really depends on if you can find find the cash or if you want to trade out your premiums, which I don't really want to do. So Bow is not really an option for me at this at the moment with my other trades. Um, Kerno, definitely a good option again, but still around that awkward price. I'd have to be trading out someone like... I'd have to be tra- side-swapping someone like probably your team's Michelle perfect. or Will- <laughs> Your team's perfect. Like, you can't trade them out. <laughs> I'd, have to, I'd have to be trading side-swapping. Can you make two trades this week? you got the perfect team by, by the sound of things. Yeah. If, I <laughs> didn't, if I didn't have merit, I probably would be trading out Whitfield. There you go. Um, but for, for me, I'm probably lacking a midfielder. So I was very, very fortunate that Ward had a very good round two game and I was able to loop him onto the field using my West Coast looping option who was out for COVID reasons. So I'm probably just lacking that extra midfielder. Was there was there any of those midfield names that you mentioned there, Clinton? I don't think so. I think they're all forwards and backs. And um, Nash, McDonald. And Nash um, I already have, yeah, on my bench. McDonald's another one. Um, yeah, so currently on my bench, I've Ward and Mead. Obviously, Mead was the sub. I think my my entire trades this week will be dependent on the Port Adelaide's team. So that's just a glimpse into what I'm doing, but uh, we'll get to that later. But um, yeah, traditionally the subs don't play the the next week, do they? Depending on how much game time they play, but usually the, the subs don't play the next week. Why do you say that? I just just because they, I don't think they do. No, well, it depends what happens. I mean, Port Adelaide got touched up, and I think there there could be large ramifications from that. Who knows what they'll do? They could they could drop five players. They, um, yeah, a lot could change. So I wouldn't be assuming that Meade will be out. Um, there's every chance that they. You know, make a big statement with their selection, and yeah, who knows? But um, yeah, just trying to see how much game time he played. He only got the six disposals and played yeah. thirty-one. Yeah, played thirty-one minutes. Yeah, not too bad. I'm sure, there'd be players that perform worse across the full game for Port Adelaide after getting touched up by your Hawks. What about? Um... I know I spoke for length about Max Gorn. What about your opinion about Max Gorn? If I, I don't if you, like if you, to trade. If I had him, I wouldn't be trading him personally. Okay. I don't. Yeah, I think the Rucks are struggling at the moment in terms. Like you said before, Grundy only scored three more points than him in round two, and I think just Jackson was having a standout game, so they 
they use him more around the middle of the ground, I think. So there'll be games where that happens, but I think the number one ruck still, Max Gorn, is arguably still the best ruckman in the league. It's just they've got the likes of Jackson coming through, so they used him more when he was in form. He'll, he very well could score 120 against Essendon this week. Yeah. And I I wouldn't be want to be on the receiving end of that. If I traded out Gorn, Whitfield, and they come out and score 120, I'd be regretting it, no matter who, no matter who I traded them for. I think a lot of them, as I said, um, from what I'm seeing, trading out Max to old mate speaking no English. So um, that's that's not what I wanted to do. No, so I'm I'd rather. Keep Max. That's me personally. Everyone's got their yeah. own opinions. My my concern is my other ruck who scored what he scored sixty eight on the weekend. Yeah. Rom. He if he puts in another performance like that, he might be on the chopping block. Ryan Marshall. So. Yep. Yes. Like I said, I want to attack my trades this this year in fantasy who are underperforming and Marshall's. Similar price to Whitfield, and he scored 22 points less than him. Matt Rail, what about Matt Rail for you? Have you got a break even there for me, Clinton? Of Rail, uh, yeah, no, but I've got he, my estimate is I think it's around my guess is about 60 something, so I think he's still that's my guess. Um, but I, I've got a because he's good round one score, um, I still think he's got a lot of money to make. So that's why I'm, I'm leaning towards holding him. But it all depends, as I said, on what happens with Port Adelaide boys. Yeah, let's get into our trades for what we plan to do for round three, Clinton. Um, we've sort of touched around it a, a bit, but... Um, just what are you planning on, on doing for – keep it as simple as possible? <laughs> I'll try. So I've, I've got 222K in the bank. That's the first thing, which is a good platform. Um, as I said, it all depends on Sin for Port Adelaide. If he is not named, I'm very likely to go from him with the money I have in the bank all the way to Josh Bowie. Um, so Sin to Bowie would be that move if Sin doesn't get named. If he does get named, that's when I start getting a bit more potentially risky with my options. And I'm every chance if Sin doesn't get named, I might trade midfield all the way down to Bowie, which is I know what you laughed at before, but that's looking at my options in terms of my whole defensive group. And, um, yeah, I think Whitfield's the one who I I think I'll get back later. So um, whilst he's going down in price a bit, to jump on Bowie, and then that would allow me, if I wanted to, if I wanted to do that, I could just play it. Risky. I know Rao's got more money to make, but I could go from Rao all the way up to Petrarca or whoever I want, pretty much. So <laughs> it's 
I'm, I'm debating a lot there, but if Sin gets named, I'm likely to get go from Whitfield to Bowie and then maybe Rao all the way up to Petrarca, which on face value is good moves, but in a month's time, maybe not so smart. As I said, Josh Sin, but the next one is Hugh Dixon from West Coast. If he doesn't get named, I can do a bit of switcheroo with Hayes and then um, yeah, try and make sure I get green dots everywhere. So we'll see how that unfolds. But that's the way I'm leaning towards. So I take it you have all the the prime rookies? Uh, I've got the prime rookies. As I said before, I don't like, – I'm eyeing off Bowie. I don't have McDonald or Kerno. Um, they're probably the main – couple ones I could get in if I'm eyeing off more cheaper options. Nick Martin? No, I've, I've got Martin. I've got Hayes. I've got, got Durden, Ward, um, Dick Coning. So, yeah, on field, Cherry, Rochelle, Brody, Dacos, Juan Francis. So, I'm pretty well set up rookie-wise. Um, yeah. Have you considered if Hayes gets dropped? Um. Even if he gets dropped, which I don't think he will, but let's put that make that clear. Um, I'd keep him because the way the St Kilda Rocks are going, if Marshall doesn't play well, Ryder could come back if he does replace Hayes. He could come back and hurt himself. So like, I don't want to take that risk of getting out Hayes and then one or two weeks later, it's like he's a must-have again. So. I won't, I won't be trading him now. For, for me, I don't have Nick Martin. So my trades that uh, I need to do would be to bring him in. Um, I know it'll be tough to find someone to drop, but I'll just have to do it, Clinton. Um, he's going to be going up in price by a fair bit. It potentially might be for Tyson Stengel, who scored... 300, who's at 362K, um, who only scored 21 points in round two. Um, so he was the beneficiary of destroying Essendon in round one and then scored poorly in round two. So potentially cash. I have to go Stengel to Nick Martin. Oh, I thought you said you'd bring Stengel in. No, no. <laughs> uh, I think I'll have to go Stengel to Nick Martin. Because I've got no cash in the bank. I've only got 4K. Um, ideally, I would have traded Baldwin to Martin. Or I could do... So that's trade one, Stengel to Martin, and then I can go Merritt up to Brayshaw because I already have Petrarca. Or the other alternative is going Merritt down to Cripps or Tom Green, whichever, they're both around the same price. So most likely Cripps and then going Baldwin up to Nick Martin. Yeah, I'd be trying to get rid of Baldwin if I was you. I'd, like, yeah, you want to make sure you're getting those rookies playing. So um, despite My me... only non-playing rookies are Baldwin and Dixon. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you want them playing. Um, yeah, Stengel didn't score well on the weekend. Who knows if that means he'll stay in the team or not. I'm not sure, but um, if he gets dropped, maybe he's the one to drop. But, um, yeah, 
as you mentioned earlier, it's all about getting the right rookies and making sure you're generating money. And they can't generate money if they're not playing, Blake. That's very true, Clinton. Um, yeah, if Hayes does get dropped in this week, I'll be holding him for at least one or two more weeks as well on my bench for fantasy. Um, I've, I've got to trade out Merritt for that six, eight-week injury. and But at least he's still scored pretty well over the first two rounds, so I've got plenty of cash to play with there. He's priced at 935K, so I can just about afford just about anyone besides the likes of Took. Um, just on Martin, with the way Essendon, uh, the injuries, etc., I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever if he comes back in and scores really well as well. Like he may get some more midfield time even, and the way he played round one, he's a starting option. So, yeah, definitely get him in, Blake. Yeah, he's he'll be my highest priority um, if he's named. Um, your captains for round three, Clinton. Yeah, at this stage, I'll be VC McRae into Miller. Um, yeah, if Dixon and Sin remain the team, that may take away my loop looping options anyway. So we'll see how the teams unfold, but. At this stage, it's McRae into Miller. Um, if it so happens that I go ahead with those trades and I decide to get in Petrarca, um, I'll potentially try and VC Petrarca into Miller instead because Sydney Bulldogs will be a good game. I think the Bulldogs need to respond. McRae is likely to score well, but... Um, yeah, Petrarca's the one who's been scoring more, more points. I know we I... talked about it in uh, Supercoach, Clinton, but what would your line be for McRae um, as your VC? What, bet, what would he bet. need to score to lock him in? For me, it's around the 120 mark. Around the 120. Um, yeah, around 120 because I've got a lot of trust in Miller. A lot of trust in Miller. Um so, yeah, I think the way he's been playing, he's. I do think he's untagable. Now, I'm not sure if the ball will try to go to him or not, but I think it's mission impossible. For, um, so, um, yeah, huge confidence in Miller. So, yeah, VC would have to score at least 120, I think. My line for fantasy is usually slightly less than super coach. So, Usually, if they're scoring around that 110 mark, I'm locking them in, like I did last week with Dunkley, which in the end probably cost me a few points. But I still like to have those locked in points. I don't like the risk of an injury um, really deteriorating my value there. Um, for me, I'll be VCing Petrarca, uh, and my captaincy option will be Lockie Neal. Like we mentioned, the looping option will be. Uh, Dixon for me. Yeah, I'm not. It's a complete guess if he's going to be coming back or not. But from what I'm seeing and hearing, I believe that he will be coming back into the team. So it's going to be make that VC yeah. option a bit tricky, but we'll see. 
We'll say tomorrow night because as we as we record here Wednesday night, there's still a lot of team news to come out. The next 24 hours, there's whispers around a lot more COVID issues. So, yeah, as be, we be, be prepared for that. As we well know, there could be surprise COVID outs or surprise rookie outs. Um, players like Nash for West Coast potentially might get dropped. Like, yeah, it's going to be. We'll just have I to wait for that it, team. I doubt this week. He played him, pretty well. Yeah, yeah. I think I think there are better players that are coming back soon, but uh, I still think yeah, we're guessing. My other alternative is I could VC Dunkley into Petrarca and Baldwin, who is very very unlikely to play, and have that locked in looping option. That's my other option. So I get two cracks at it. Yeah. But again, but I potentially want to, I most likely want to trade Baldwin to Martin anyway. So yeah. it's a double edged sword. Yep, that's, uh, that's all I've got for our AFL fantasy show, Clinton. Did you have anything further to add before we wrap up? No, I don't think so. Um, obviously, we actually got good traction on this video last week, Blake. So if you watch this, um, Obviously, you've mentioned earlier, but please, to support us, all you need to do is press like on this video, um, subscribe to the channel, and then if you're listening to us, um, yeah, hopefully enjoy it. Feel free to send any questions through. Blake loves questions coming through. We can then um, put them up or talk about your questions next week. And, yeah, we're off to a good start. So exciting part of the year. The trading season is well and truly on. and as I said um, recently, the, the games are enjoyable, so it's good to watch. So, um, yeah, hope you enjoy what we do here. And, yeah, follow, um, join us on Patreon, and then you can join our Discord chats. And that's where we're really trying to um, grow our community, Blake. Not well said, Clinton. Thanks for joining us for our round two review and round three preview show. So, good luck for round three, Clinton. See you, Blake.